The following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the return of COVID to the entire state of New South Wales. Any hope that the state's health crisis was under control has been dashed. Today marks the worst day since the start of the pandemic. The World Health Organization says the world is in danger of losing hard-won gains in the fight against COVID-19. Lawrence, I think just about every pediatric facility in Louisiana is full tonight. And um, while we have a modest number of children admitted with COVID, it's a very high intensity care that these children demand. More now on the lockdown in the Newcastle-Hunter region of New South Wales. The snap move has prompted panic buying. There are five infections in the Newcastle area following a super spreader event. Five more lives have been lost in Sydney. Another 262 people have the virus, and less than half were isolating while infectious. It says the highly transmissible Delta variant is spreading in more than two-thirds of all countries, with the global vaccination gap aiding the spread. Fortunate that that beach party has occurred, and there has been uh, now transmission and positive cases. We've had totals as high as 20 over the past week, uh, which far exceeds the number of children that we had had on any given day. Jeremy, not only are five families grieving, but more and more people are getting sick. The case numbers just keep going In Africa, up. just 1.5% of the population has been vaccinated. Premier says the virus is still spreading in workplaces and vaccinating essential workers from west and southwestern Sydney who keep the city moving is the only way out. Until the vaccination rates are high, people will continue to die, people will continue to get sick, and we allow to exist the breeding ground of new variants. What are the ages of the children you're seeing suffering with COVID? We're seeing the full age range from uh several weeks of age to late adolescence. We have not had a positive COVID-19 case since August last year, so it's been a full 12 months. Four of the people who died were unvaccinated. The fifth had one shot of AstraZeneca in May. About 6% of the cases of COVID that were identified in the United States in 2020 were among children, but today about 20% of new cases in Louisiana and really across the United States are being caused, are occurring among children five to 17 years of age. Look, the testing centres that were available were absolutely overwhelmed yesterday. Unfortunately, some people I know were turned away. And the economic toll continues to bite. The Service New South Wales Grants program has been marred by delays. New variant, the Delta variant of COVID, is a game changer and it seems to have a propensity for causing severe disease in children and adolescents. We had around 10,000 vaccinations taken from Newcastle on the Central Coast to be given to high school students in Sydney. Our ability to vaccinate those mobile people coming from those areas where the, vac where the um, virus is circulating will help us bring those case numbers down. The strategy down. in New South Wales has shifted markedly from zero community transmission to vaccinate everyone as soon as possible. The fact of the matter is nobody, not here in the UK, 
not in the United States, not in Germany. Nobody's going to be safe until everybody's safe. Hello and welcome to the ISOCast, your favourite isolation advice podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen. Well, it has to be upwards from here, right? Guys, I mean, 291 cases today, over half we don't know the origin of, tons of them were out in the community as well, and somehow we've managed to crawl our way towards 30% of the population having one dose of a vaccine, most likely the AstraZeneca. And thanks to Grandpa Kevin Rudd and some sweet talking from Gladys, there is more Pfizer coming our way too, so some speckled light in the darkness. Facts are unfortunately facts though, team. And this curve is so far from flat, it's crazy. This curve is pretty much Waimea Bay off the coast of Hawaii. Somebody grab my twin fin because this baby is totally gnarly. Anyway, uh, today's guest is Emma O'Sullivan. M is an actor because all my friends are actors, more or less. And she is a writer, a producer, and she has a bunch of frontline experience as a healthcare worker too. She's hilarious, thoughtful, empathetic, and creative as all hell. This is a wonderful chat with her I had a little earlier today. Hello, PC. Hi, Em. How you doing, pal? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, my dude. I'm all right. I'm actually feeling yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. How are yes. you? Are you just hanging out right. at home, living the dream, living that lockdown life? I am. I am in Lucky D. <laughs> Lucky D. Yeah, here we are. Woo. <laughs> Seemingly yeah. for forever. I know, but not forever. It feels <laughs> like it'll be forever, but it won't be forever. <laughs> we got 291 cases today, Em. I hear you guys have been having a bit of a competition at your place where you're guessing Gladys's jacket and the numbers. Is that correct? <laughs> we're down to guessing the numbers, but um, the jacket, yeah, we don't, we're not thinking about the jacket anymore. That okay. sort of, I think that got old very quickly, but the numbers, yeah. But were you like, were you, you know, the first day we went into the 200s? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that day? I can't remember exactly how long ago it was. It might have been last week. It could have been last week. Day. It could have been 100 years yeah. ago. It could have been yesterday. I'm not sure. But sure, 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 sure. I'm with you. <laughs> what is time anymore? <laughs> it's sort of, it's, it's a concept, dude. Um, but when it first went to the 200s, I don't think any of our souls were kind of ready for, for that. <laughs> Like, we've gone maybe 180. Yeah, 180 sounds about right, 170. And it was like 240 and we all just went, oh. <laughs> it was just this gasp. That was a lot. That I was. And and today we got 291, which, yeah. which is no bueno. Em. It's no bueno. It's no good. I don't love it. I'm not a fan. i got to yeah. say. It's no bueno, but you know what? We've got to get used to it because it's going to be more... I yeah. think, well, it'll be more in the next couple of days, I reckon, but... What makes you feel like um, that? Well, it just feels like it's on a... 
it feels like it's on a rise, like a mm. quick rise. It's not even that, like, oh, you know, I'm saying people doing the wrong thing or anything. Like, it's not that. Like, everyone's, from, from what I can see, is being really, like, compliant, doing the right thing. But um, I don't know, the graphs. I think it's just the graphs. The graphs. The graphs. Fuck, yeah. we've got good at graphs in COVID, haven't we? Like, I, 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 I never really thought of myself as much as a graphs guy, but now I'm so deep in graphs. I wake uh, up in the morning, I look at some graphs, I go to sleep at night, I dream about pies. <laughs> and- <laughs> I think I thought you would be a graphs person, Pat. Did you I think that? You struck. You strike me as a graphs person. Yeah, dude, I was yeah. always so bad at maths. Like, I, I dropped out of fucking um, high-level maths and went to do the most basic maths I could when I was getting through high school. So I, <laughs> right? I was always actively yeah. trying to avoid it as much as possible. But being yeah. an adult forces you to do so much more maths than you're comfortable with. Um, I submitted yeah. my taxes today. Um, now mm-hmm. I'm a small business owning boy and and <gasps> that whole thing was a nightmare for a bloke who barely oh. passed maths. So I don't know. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. Hey, speaking of which, and last time I spoke yeah. to you, you just left taking people's blood as a job. How the hell have you <gasps> yeah. been surviving in these COVID times? If, what are you doing for a gig at the moment? Oh, man. It's interesting. Well... Yeah, my life's done like a complete 180, like from last year to this year. Cause yeah, last time I was, yeah, I gone, I gone freelance for like the first time in my life. Yeah, which wow. Was, like really, I don't know. It's like I don't, I, I know it seems really weird because it's not like such a big deal for for some people. Like it's, or they don't, maybe they don't give it too much thought, you know. But mm. I, which is fine. But I it felt really significant for me because I was sort of like in the mindset of, you know, like when I finished, when I, when I graduated from uni, I was kind of like, maybe I'll be able to, like, if I'm lucky, be able to go freelance, like maybe in my early forties or something, you know, like that's seriously like, like if I was lucky and I think, um, yeah, at the end of last year, I was able to, like a few sort of things lined up and I was sort of able to make that leap, which was really cool and started writing for Stage Milk and yeah. doing articles here and there and the voiceover kept me going. And so it's been like a continuation of that and like, you know, I, I've been I've been quite lucky this year in that sense and, you know, when Lockie D started, like <laughs> I did like, <laughs> I did like, another voiceover gig and that that really put me in good stead like just really fucking lucky yeah so, totally um yeah which is which is cool but it's just such a different such a different life like i didn't do any i mean sydney didn't even have a lockdown last year or sydney didn't have stay at home orders last year at all but like um it was definitely when it was all going down work in the pathology just sort of ramped up for me and I was sort of at the busiest I've ever been. Yeah, I but, remember it being fucking crazy for you, dude, that you were just so <laughs> under wild. the pump, you could barely like scratch the sides. And in the midst of yeah. that, you bloody unionised them all as well, which was wild. 
And That's a huge overstatement, but <laughs> definitely. <laughs> From definitely, my memory, Em, you took yeah. them to the barricades, you sang a few songs, <laughs> you bloody climbed on top and threw a few flags. I swear that's what happened. Well, look, look, here's the thing. You know when you're like, you know, you know what you're about generally most of the time, but it's not until there's... A crisis, I guess, you really distills what you're about. And I think, um, you know, I don't know, it's something like, you know, when um, my mum uses like a family funeral as like an example for times like these where mm. when there's sort of like a big thing going on, it really, really shows where the, the cracks in, in relationships or a family might start. Or it'll show where your strongest parts are as well and yeah. where people can come together the most. And I think, like, you really see what you're about in those moments. And I think it just really distilled that for me last year around that time where I was just like, mm, no, this I'm all about me. workers' rights. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm just all about, like, I don't know, I just I find, like, so it's just like going on a completely different tangent. But Amen. It's sort of like, I'm down for it. This is podcast, baby. You know, you like a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, I'll take it on a tangent. I'll take it on a tangent because kind of like it. There's something funny about you know when you go on to work every day and you're doing the thing and you're taking the bloods and you're doing the testing and everything and you see a lot of um, you know politicians or people in the media or just whoever sort of calling frontline workers heroes and I kind of feel like for me and you know just speaking for myself it's sort of like I don't know I I just feel like don't call people heroes just fucking pay them right (laughs) (laughs) I just yeah it's really interesting it feels kind of condescending and you know that's not the intention but I think some people aren't quite sure exactly how underpaid most of the frontline health workers are because you sort of don't go to work going, I'm going to be brave today. You just go and work. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think like suddenly suddenly everyone appreciates you. Well, not appreciates you, appreciates the work you're doing. But you're seeing all that but then you go to work and, you know, you're abused by patients or, you know, not protected enough by your employers and you just kind of go, what oh the fuck? no! This is all. Yeah, like everyone. I think everyone knows what to say, but no one knows exactly what to do. It's that performative yeah. appreciation, like yeah. you know, standing on top of pedestals. I know there was a lot of activists um, during the peak of Black Lives Matter last year that was yeah. and still are saying, you know, don't name as many. We don't need the street signs. We need like mm. constructive change. Um, yeah, and it's all the work that's happening, like. It's all about the work that's happening like deep, deep underneath that is just like mind-numbingly frustrating and hitting dead ends. And I know there's so many people doing it and they'll never, like it's it's like you will never see it. And it's like you really want to be able to see it and you want people, you want that work to be visible for people. But there's so much underground work happening that it's just hard work. But that's, yeah, I guess massively. it is the hard work because it's not visible. That's why it's hard. But And like, even um, paramedics, mate, like uh, Tommy's been yeah. telling me some stories about like not only the the abuse that paramedics cop when they're out in the job, Dude. but like 
how underpaid paramedics, particularly in New South Wales, are is in comparison to the rest of the, the state, the rest of the country, I should say. Um, and it's a real problem, you know, but it's kind of hard mm. to, and I'm sure you found this with pathology too, it's kind of hard mm. to bring too much attention to that because everyone's in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Yes, um, yes. And there's, oh God, how's Tommy going? How's all that? Oh man, he's good. He's he's a legend. He's just moved stations. Uh, we shaved his head the other night, um, <gasps> last night actually, because time's a flat circle. We shaved his head, uh, which was pretty wow. exciting. His girlfriend was very disappointed, but um, he looks oh. great. I Polly shaved my head a couple of days ago. This is her second lockdown haircut on top of my head what? right now. Yeah, and it it looks pretty good. So I'm pretty stoked with that. She's done a really good job. She's definitely leveled up from last year. So. Um, no, he's <laughs> go Polly. Go Polly. Gaining skills, gaining those lockdown skills. Um, but to answer your question, man, Tommy loves his job, and I know there's so many paramedics out there love what they do and, and see it as being yeah. so important. Um, and they're struck at simultaneously by how incredibly challenging it is. Um, mm, and at the moment, so- obviously, they've got to be in full PPE for you know 12 hours, 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. And that's that's really rough and tumble, you know? Oh, my God. He's doing God's work. Isn't that is he? just... <laughs> Isn't it? Because it feels like paramedics, it's like the next level of crazy. Like, it's just what they... Like, what, what we would cop is almost nowhere near what they would cop. Like, I mean, I say we in pathology. I'm not working pathology anymore. But, like, it's just the paramedics are on another level. I've got to watch that show. Which show? What's the show? About um about paramedics, oh, it's like the ambulance. reality show. Ambulance! I've got to watch it. Everyone's been telling me to watch it. I've got to watch it. I've not been watching it. I I should do that though. I I guess yeah. it would help me understand my my beautiful housemate just that little bit extra. Yeah, yeah. give me that little bit of insight into yeah, his world. But dude, I'm so glad freelancing's been working out so well for you, and that you've been able to do some voiceover shit. You've been writing for the milk yeah. and just keeping some balls in the air. That's that must be so satisfying. It, well, it feels like feels like a massive um, privilege, like a huge. I mean, just just because you just don't think you might. I know, it sounds absurd, but you do generally just go. Oh, if I'm lucky, I might be able to get to do that. And you know, I might not be able to freelance forever. Like you know, you, you chop and change all throughout your life. But it just feels. Yeah, I just feel really lucky to be able to do that because I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know anyone in my family who's doing that as well. So you kind of you feel like you're making it up as you go along. Yeah. But you know you really do. Totally. I love that. I love that. I also love being able to say no to shit as a freelancer. Yeah. I really love that. I really love yeah. like turning up for work when when I feel the desire to do so and being my own damn boss and being able to work. Like I've always been a night owl. I've, I'm always really yeah. uncomfortable with mornings. And being able to, like, do work whenever it's comfortable for me is is such a, a boon. The downside mm. is the three days I've just spent trying to work out my tax. So you can look forward to that, Em. <laughs> I, I should get my brother on to help you. He's an accountant. Is he really? Oh, fuck. Yeah, he's a damn good one. Oh, yeah. Mate, that might be the next stage in my life. Um, Maybe. Speaking, but how long, how, how long have you been? Oh, no, no. I really want to know. I really want to know. Hit me. How long have you been freelancing for? I've been freelancing properly for about a year as well i had like oh my god maybe 18 months em. um yeah so like start of 
end of 2019, I was in um, Thailand with my mate Andrew Clark. Um, you know Clarky. Um, yeah. I'm in a pool uh, with Clarky in somewhere in Thailand, and I was complaining about my first aid job that I was working at the time, where I was going around teaching first aid. And I was mm. bitching about, you know, the, the organization and, and how much of a tough time I was having and how, you know, I wasn't being paid very well, blah, 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 and all these mm. other bits and pieces. And Clarky, in classical Clarky fashion, was just like, mate, it sounds like you fucking hate this job. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know man. if I hate it. And he's like, mate, it sounds like you're pretty over this job. And why don't you just quit and do the thing you want to do? What is it do you want to do? And I was like, well, I, I want to I want to teach actors. Like, I'd really like to train actors. Is I love acting and I love talking to people about it. And he was like, "Well, just go back to Sydney and send every place that teaches acting an email with all of your qualifications and see who bites." Um, and off the back of that, I got a gig at Dalo Drama, and Dalo Drama led me to a gig at AFTT where I teach now and um, Stage Milk. Andrew Hurl bloody gave me a job as well, which has given, and through that, I was able to, you know, sling V in and V brought yourself in and Jack yeah. Cromlin and, and all of our other buds who are now working for the milk. Um, so like, that's been a huge change to my life and it's been massively positive and I completely sympathize and empathize with you about the joy of being your own creative Boss and being able to do the jobs that you want to do and, and pursue the things you want yeah. to pursue is a, is a real joy. Well, you make it look really easy, Pat. You really do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh, I'm geez. just following in your footsteps. No, but it's like I think oh, that's wise words from from Andrew Clark. Like that, and really simplifies it as well. Is to it's just what you got to do, and I think just distills everything, and you just go out and. You do it and, and ask the question you know, of like, the gods are on your side. Are you really happy what you're doing right now? And is there a mm. way like you could back yourself to be happier, to do something that's that's more creative and more, more in the lines of what you want to do? Could you take a plunge and just give it a crack, put yourself out there and see what happened? And I've always been lucky with that sort of shit. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a confident straight white man in his 30s. So if I really think about yeah. wanting to do something, I can do it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the barriers to me uh, are really small. And I think I've got to take advantage of that to try and help some people and do something which I can bring value to the world with, you know? Yeah. But I think it is also a thing, Pat, is like there's not, I don't know, something I feel like, I mean, of course, like a drama school, it's just not enough time to, to teach everything, but it's sort of like, I wish, I kind of wish there was um, more conversation around that kind of thing of like, it's just, and I guess it's sticky because it's all about up to the individual and where you're at and when you feel good to do that. But I think there, I don't know, I, I really want to keep those kind of conversations with, especially grads, like really transparent about the financials of your life and, and yeah. what it takes. Because sometimes as well, like I, I really felt like in that, I was in that position I was like I, I couldn't just financially just take a leap like I just couldn't do that mm. you know for a really long time you know and it was sort of you know I just feel like there's not a lot of conversation around just that particular thing I don't know I don't know I don't know if it even I don't know if it even is that much of a conversation but I feel like 
I don't know, I just want to hear everyone's sort of individual stories about it and when they did that. And Anyway, but that's just me. 100% M. And like, especially living somewhere like Sydney is so mind-blowingly expensive. And like the amount of, you know, the cost that it takes to live here is mental. But if you want to work as an actor, especially, but even as like a grip or a um, somebody in the crew, a director, a cinematographer, then you've got to be in the center of where all those things happen. And that tends to be the major cities. So, you know, LA, yeah. Sydney, London, whatever, are coincidentally also the most expensive places to live in the world. And, and finding <laughs> a way to like make a bark, to have a way to live and be able to pursue this creative thing that you want to pursue is is incredibly tricky. And yeah, and, and also not run yourself into the ground, ground. in the process. Like, because yeah. that is, for your longevity, like, you're going to do it for, like, you know, hopefully at least 30 years and you've got to learn, like, God, I put myself in a hospital in my, like, in yeah. my second, was my second or third year, just, just was saying yes to everything and doing everything and working, you know, nearly full-time hours in the pathology at the same time and <laughs> you sort of go wow you can't like it's it's sort of you you've got to test your limits and see how far you can go but you know nearly getting getting brain damage or killing yourself is not really a great um you know place to push yourself to but it's like you've got to you've got to learn and you've got to learn how to do it for your longevity mm-hmm. you know i think that's a big really important thing and got to figure it out and screw up sometimes yeah. and then, then figure out how you do a freelance thing and keep yourself alive and keep yourself afloat and keep it going and fulfilled you know you don't have to be happy all the time but mm. content and keep making sure the work is keeping the cup filled and yeah i love that em i think that's great <laughs> and that's all really yeah. fucking beautiful you know we came here to talk about like life in lockdown and people got so much more than the bang for their buck and the pod today Fucking oh, hell. Good. Life <laughs> advice, goals, dreams. Make it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God. Ha- I don't know what I'm doing. I'm really tired. You're a dream, Emery yeah. Sullivan, is what you are, pal. Hey, yeah, mate, yeah. Uh, leads me to the question of how's your existential dread? Existential dread. On a scale from <laughs> 1 to 10, with 10 being, you know, absolutely foaming at the mouth, um, fucking complete meltdown and one being completely fine um yeah how's your existential dread um in regards to you know that whole global international pandemic rocking around in the world well i think existentialism's at like an 11 (laughs) that's like but that's like that's not really different for me like i'm sort of like that pandemic or not but dread is like at a negative two like hey wow yeah, like I don't – I mean, I'm lucky that I don't feel any dread. I know that's like, and you know, that's because I'm in, you know, I'm not in a in a, cra- in a hot spot. But, like, I don't feel dread at all. Like, like I'm trying to – like, because it's such a – like, I'm trying to give, like, the times maybe have – like, times in my life I've actually felt, like, proper dread. I can really count it on one hand, like, proper dread, you know. But it's sort of, but the existentialism is like <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> it's a good time to get existential, you know. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I don't dude. Know. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I've I've 
uh, my dread is living yeah, around the fact that I just don't know how the next sort of six months of my life looks. Yes. And yes. the longer we're in lockdown, the more my dread just slowly ratchets up on that front. Like, I got an email um, a couple of days ago from my dear friend Joel Hagen, who I love very much, who's the sweetest yeah. boy in the world, asking me if I wanted to help him produce some content for Tourism New South Wales um, about oh. Vivid. And I was like, sure, <gasps> I'd love to, JH, that'd be great. Vivid. Book me in. The Vivid dates are in September. And it's like, I just don't know if that's going to be a thing, frankly. Yeah. Like, we can say yes now, we can put it in our calendars, but um, feasibly, the, I mean, the likelihood of us being in lockdown till the end of the year, in my eyes at least, mm. is really high. Um, mm. And my big hope is that you and I um, can get back to WA and see our families for Christmas, but I just don't yeah. know if that's actually going to roll out. I don't think anybody does. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I'm trying to get to, to Perth in early November for a wedding, but who knows? I, we just, you know, you got to stay hopeful. But, the, but like, tell me, like, is what it – so what are they going to do? Like, do you reckon they'll just keep pushing back this vivid thing until – because they might be able to do it in October. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like, like, if we were able to do it then, that would be great. But it's, yeah. so much of it's – up in the air, you know, like yeah. every day we can just tune in and see those case numbers and mm. hope that they're coming down. Um, but it, it just means that so much of our lives are kind of in this weird suspension, you yep. know? Where it's and like, you want, you just want someone to call the shots just to be like, it's definitely not happening or it definitely is happening or because yeah. otherwise, yeah, you just live in, you live in limbo and it's hard to yeah, sort of be able to grasp onto anything. You know, you just want to be able to grasp onto something you know is solid. And, I mean, God, I'm keeping everything crossed for you, Pat. I really hope it goes ahead and or at least they can adapt it to something or I don't know. Mate, like if it doesn't, it's it's not the end of the world. Like I'll be I'll be fine. My, my big one is that I really want to be able to get back to WA over yeah. Christmas. And yeah. if can, cases continue to rise... That might not be a thing. Chairman Mark over there is just so adamant about pe- keeping people with COVID or even people that have been in the same state as people with COVID out of there. Yeah. That, that's- achi- he's achieved WA's fever dream of um, making it its own nation. <laughs> <laughs> he really has. <laughs> like, they've done it. <laughs> they've become Mark their own nation. Mark the people what they want. That's right. I guess keeping yeah. everybody else out. My dad is stoked about it. I've spoken about it on this podcast <laughs> before, but my old man fucking loves the fact that all of those Eastern States bastards are now out of his life. He's a genuine huge fan. They just want to keep the Collingwood supporters out. That's, that's all it. it is. They're that's just like, we, yeah, good that's old, all it is. Good old Collingwood forever can get completely fucked. Um, <laughs> what about your next couple of months, Em? Do you have anything? you got the wedding, obviously, but is there anything coming up that you're like, you'd love to be able to attend or that's a bit up in the air for you? Um, well, yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a, a tricky one because I was going to be with... Um, with my two buddies, Toby Bloom and Zelma Cressy Gladwin, are going to co-produce 
couple of shows at Fringe um, oh, cool. in September, uh, which is scheduled for the 13th to the 19th. But it's been a um, it's been a really interesting one because you know, like you're saying, right? Like you kind of go as far as people are concerned, they're kind of going, yeah, we go ahead until we absolutely get the no from the government that yeah. we cannot do this thing. And um, it is one of those things where, because it's, you know, if it was just, you know, your own show involved or, you know, my show and, and Toby's and Zell's, um, it's easier to make that that call and to call that shot because it's just you and you go, no, I'm, I'm not happy to put my show up with, you know, 12 days because if we get out of lockdown when it says we're supposed to which is unlikely that would give us essentially just under two weeks to get five shows on their feet (laughs) and that's just whoa you know for like a passion project like you know i love i love fringe and fringe theater like to the depths of my soul like it's just it's what i'm about but you saw where I draw the line, especially with the passion project, is you go like, I'm I'm happy to be low on resources and money for that, mm-hmm. but I cannot be low on time as well. Like, yeah. you, you need time to make it um, worth the emotional, creative investment that you need to put into it. And we've just been dealing with contingency after contingency. Yeah, <laughs> um, I bet. And also with Wendy Mocky as well, like she's gotten she's gotten involved as well with producing. Oh, um, awesome! And, Wendy's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, she is. She's the best. She's a a god amongst men, and uh, like, and I and you, we've just been yeah trying to think of every contingency under the sun, but it's um, yeah, we're just figuring it out as we go along. But I'm not sure. I it's, mean, the scripts, I finished my script for mine and everyone's got their scripts down. And nice. Great, but um, we had time to do that, but um, just not sure about, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's that unsurety yeah. that, mm. that like tickles away at my insides, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like you say, if somebody was just to come out and be like, all right, fuck it. That's it. Lockdown's extending to November. Game over, ladies and gentlemen. We are certain we'll be out of it in November or as certain as we can be on current modelling. Um, go forth and conquer. But there's mm. that's 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 your lives now, folks. Stick it out. That'd be one thing, but it kind of feels like... And there's weird stuff too. Like, you know, we're getting all of these... Gladys today is completely committed to sending all of the HSC students to doing their exams, which means they all got to be vaccinated in like the next <sighs> two weeks. Which is fucking mental. Like Dude, can you imagine? Oh my god. Like doing your doing your final exams is the most stressful. You're already nervous enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then add into <laughs> like, that that you might be taking home an incredibly dangerous disease to give to your fucking family. Yeah. Oh what? my god, my heart goes out to them. Like seriously. Oh. You're 12. I mean, it's already bad enough. <laughs> I know. I know. My hopes were already so low of getting, like, a really entry level score. Oh, jeez. I was like, oh, I'm done. Forget no, it. It's not, all about, it's not all about that exam. Well, yeah, today, I think but. there is a lot of build-up and pressure put on it, but there's so yeah. many other ways into uni if you want to go and 
you know, uni's awesome, but you don't necessarily need to do it to be a valuable member of society. Like there's, there's so many ways around it. I don't know. Just into life, yeah. Just into life. And just into life. Like you just don't those exams I know, you only like I think back at that, like hearing hearing all of it in the news, I think back to that time and just how Oh, it was intense. You just think, Oh my god, the 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 course of my entire life is riding on this this score that I get in this, mm. you know, six exams I'm gonna do and it just <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. I think that estimate that I got from like some careers counselor or something. I think I got an estimate of like I was going to get like sixty eight percent if I was lucky. Cool. And I just went. You would just go. Well, you start thinking about the options. You go. What am I going to do? But you know, it wasn't that. And it didn't matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. But. And you know, and you were such a fucking him. brilliant actor, mate, that you didn't. You could have just told him, "Get fucked. I'm going straight to going straight to LA. I don't need you and your shit." <laughs> well, well, look, it took me freaking five five goes to get into drama school, so it's not like it happened straight away. Persistence, but. O'Sullivan. Persistence, yeah. mate. That's the half the battle. Just wear him down. Hey, mate, uh, what about some recommendations, Em? What have you been doing in lockdown in ISO that's been keeping you sane and happy, my friend? What have you been up to? <gasps> oh, um, well, juggling for one. Like, that's like <laughs> the absolute... <laughs> oh, I'm dead serious. I know you are. That's wonderful. It's wonderful that your, your initial response was like, what have you been doing to like keep yourself active? Oh, juggling. Juggling's been the Juggling. <laughs> That's the absolute everyday non-negotiable that must happen. Yeah, no way. Um, yeah, like juggling. Are you trying um, to like learn new tricks and stuff or are you just trying to practice? Like what are you what are you up to in your juggling work? Uh, well, learning new tricks. I'm actually trying to um, – because like, yeah, like I pick a new trick. Once I've sort of got one down and I can sort of weave it you know, seamlessly between other tricks that I can do, then you sort of go on to the next one. So I kind of, I really got this one down in sort of this first half of this year called the Boston Mess. And it's like, look it up. It's so, so cool. So I got, I kind of got like, it, it looks wild. Like I just, it's one of those ones, it looks impressive yeah, and it's, it's not one of those ones where you go, yeah, like it's it's actually easy to do. No, it's actually really hard to do. And so it yeah, like right. it warrants the impressiveness. But um <laughs> the impressive label. But now now I'm trying to really um perfect four balls, right? Oh, so shit. Yeah, like that's in in terms of getting timing right, like that's and that's sort of like timing sort of tricks and it's really monotonous and really boring and you you drop it all the time. And I would recommend to anyone, if you are practising juggling and you're just getting started or you're learning your tricks, practise um, standing up against a table because huh. you'll drop the balls a lot and if you drop them onto a table, you're not having to bend down oh, completely to the ground all time the time. Saver. Big time saver. It is. Oh, my God. It's just, Yeah. <laughs> And you just you actually just learn things quicker, but you're actually not wasting time like yeah. picking them up all the time. But anyway, that's a that's a stupid. And how long have you been juggling so, for, pal? When did you get in? How did you even get into this shenanigans? Oh my god! Okay, you want the origin? Story. Yeah, give me okay, a quick so, origin story. Well, okay, the origin story is I was in 
year nine and doing drama and this guy who is uh, like very prolific in the circus community in Perth, he runs this thing called Suitcase Circus and he goes around to schools and we'll just do like, you know, like a day or two teaches you like basic kind of, you know, Diablo skills or juggling skills or unicycle or whatever. He brings all of his stuff and it's really cool. And, um, yeah, and I picked up juggling balls and I went home that night and I really just really wanted to the next day go back and be able to actually do it. And I just practiced. Like I just practiced, practiced, practiced all night and I came back the next day and I could just sort of do two in one hand. And then I sort of got the third ball by the end of the day and then I just I just fell in love with it. I just kept doing Amazing. it every day. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's just um, I just – and I don't really know – anyone else who really did it i just loved it <laughs> yeah i don't know it's great that's so then, good and then like the early days of youtube like i don't even know if it was early days of, i don't know what days it was but it seemed like early days my dad because he knew i was into juggling he showed me a clip of this guy performing on what looked like some crazy like talent show <gasps> to like a a Beatles, a, like a like a, a mashup wow. of Beatles songs, okay. and it was mesmerizing. And I was just like, "Wow!" Like to music, and then I then started doing it to music, and I was picking up new tricks really fast because you you do it with the beat of the like you you uh-huh. pick up different accents in the music, and it unlocks different kind of um, rhythm patterns, and you just have to move your arms like in a particular way or. And I found like I was learning tricks better that way. And I don't know, it was like really eye-opening. I loved it. So what you're telling me, Em, is that every day you get out there, you put on some red hot fucking jams, you grab four yeah. similar sized objects and you just bloody go for it. Yeah. Oh, I love every that. day. Like it's just, uh, I love it too, Pat. I think I that's do. fucking cool, Em. Great. Juggling, yeah. folks. Put it on go your to, list. Go to, go to your local juggling group. Like when you can, when, when um, this is just for like, anyone who's interested it's like there's there's local juggling groups all around no and way. yeah like i go to newtown jugglers and like it's and i don't know like it's just a really cool and like it's not like everyone there is like a freaking circus performer or something like everyone's just got like regular jobs and you know there's a few people who are performers but there's most of the people just like you know accountants and lawyers and like want to juggle you know yeah i just want to juggle and it's just so um it's just bliss i just i don't know so when we can get back to doing those things that's fucking beautiful em i love that okay juggling it's there but it's there have you been reading anything or watching anything em that's brought you a bit of joy (gasps) oh actually i am like I sort of like I revisited an old book. I'm I never oh. really reread books, but like I revisited an old book called Sydney Noir, and it's like oh. yeah, actually V Violet got it for me for my birthday, V and Michael, and huh. like a couple of years back. And because I've been getting into like Australian true crime a lot more mm. of late, it, I want to go back and revisit it and relook at these cases and back in like peak police corruption era like I just I'm obsessed with it so I've sort of revisited that because I've been 
oh my god pat oh my god okay do you want a <laughs> yeah. really good really fucking good um pcast recommendation yeah hit me with those pcast recommendations i love that okay all right so one that is like i'm just okay so unravel true crime uh-huh He's scanning the horizon as the train picks up speed and leaves the city limits. There's a light drizzle, so the driver can't see that well. His eyes strain to make out something up ahead on the tracks. He thinks it might be a pile of clothes. Seconds go by. The bundle is actually a person lying between the rails. They are doing, uh, I think it's an ABC produced one. It's about, um, so they're up to ser- uh, series five, and they're investigating the case of uh, Juanita Nielsen. Hmm. And oh my God, that is <laughs> so good. Like, I am gripped. I'm gripped, I say. Like, it's just like. I don't like. I don't want to give too much away, but it is like every Tuesday, like they're they're releasing new, and it's like. And Pat, when this podcast first aired, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. the police, the New South Wales police, they've reopened the case, wow. and they've put the um, they've put the the reward money for information up to a million dollars. What? One million dollars. And so they're like, they're doing the thing, like calling if you have any information. And every week I'm just like waiting for them to start the podcast. They're like, someone is calling with information. And we're like, we're going to solve the crime. And we're going to listen to history, Pat. Like it is just, it's all about like the Victoria Street riot. You know, Victoria Street right near King's Cross Station? No. When did that happen? Oh my God, it happened in the 70s, Pat. Oh my god! It is you will? It is mind-boggling. I just like I'm just thinking about the amount of times I have walked down that street and walked past Juanita's house. You know, just gone wow. to Fitz or gone at Kings Cross um, Theatre, and just the most incredible—I mean, not incredible good, like the most incredible um, mind-blowing stuff happened on that street of people yeah, getting right. just kicked out of their houses because they wanted to do some def- I'm, I'm talking too much about it okay no, I'm going to stop because it is honestly it is just the ultimate story of what happens if if you piss off the man and it's it's yeah, terrifying wow. it's terrifying like unraveled season five is that right yeah season five but also go back to season like season one they do the coverage of like Mark Haynes um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the reopening of that case oh it's just I can't like I can't stop. Like, it is – I learn something new every time and just – you know those like, – oh, my God, you know those ones, one of those true crime ones where you're listening and you suddenly realise, like, you, you're so freaked out you've got to go and make sure the doors are locked. Oh, <laughs> you suddenly go, oh, I'm going to go to the doors. I'm going to go to the doors. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so good. great. That's Unravel is great. Trace is also good. Um Oh, Sullivan, Trace, you are so deep in the hole on true crime pods, mate. You've fallen. Oh you've, my you're, god! You've gone down, hey? Like this is this is your whole jam now. Oh, obsessed. <laughs> obsessed like uh, especially like um, I'm listening to the one, the Nicola Gobbo um, case, uh, the whole Royal Commission that went into. You know, um, Nicola Gobbo, Gobbo, who was the informer 
for the Victorian police mm. um, with all the underworld crime gangs. She was their right. lawyer. And then they did uh, a royal commission that cost millions and millions and millions of dollars into the fact that all of these underworld crime bosses essentially didn't get a fair trial because wow. their lawyer was an informant. And Holy shit. basically, yeah, and so essentially it puts the whole justice system means nothing because then you, like she was doing the most insanely terrifying, like brave, brave work. Like that is just, you need you need a bit of mongrel in you to be able to do that stuff. Like oh, that 100%. is just, uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's so conflicting because you're like, yeah, but you're their lawyer and, and everyone deserves a fair trial regardless of whether you're an underworld crime boss or whether you're Mother Teresa. Like, yeah, like you, you – and so it's just, yeah, the ethics of it all and you just listen to it and you're like, I, I don't know how to feel. I feel so mm. conflicted about all of it and, yeah, and, and no one can find her and, you know, the ABC were the only people who could get access to her during this whole time and – it's terrifying. It's just like, wow. anyway, that Australian true crime as well with Michelle Laurie and um, uh, Emily Webb. They do Australian true crime podcast. Um, oh my god, it's brilliant, brilliant. Juggling, freaking true crime pods, mm-hmm. pumping mm-hmm. some jams. This is yep. the Emma O'Sullivan COVID survival strategy, and I, you know, oh, like, do and it. I'm loving it. And Sydney Noir, like when you're reading, mate, you just got yeah. so much crime going on. Sydney Noir, I shit. know. <laughs> and I'm about to start a book. I haven't, I haven't um, started reading it yet. Yeah. Um, but it is uh, Sand Talk. Have you heard of Sand Talk? No, I haven't. It's heard definitely of Sand Talk. Sand Talk um, it's one of those ones that I, I've heard a lot about. And um, finally, gotten around to start reading it, but um, it's essentially central is like how Indigenous thinking can save the world. Oh, and, amazing! Um, yeah, by Tyson Yonker Porter, and I know I can't wait to get into that. And oh, I don't know, got so much to read, so much to do, and the Olympics as well. Like, oh yeah, oh my god, bad. <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> It means so much now. It means so much. I didn't think he was a big Olympics fan, Em. Oh, my God. Like, they're just – I don't know. I'm I'm hell into the Olympics. It's just because, like, you just – I don't know. You're seeing – you're seeing just people at the absolute peak of what they can do. Yeah. And, you know, it, the pressure – like, did you see – dude, did you see the freaking 14-year-old from China – who just shat all over everyone in the diving last night. <laughs> no, I missed the diving. Oh, my God. Do yourself a favour. Like, it makes me emotional. I actually get emotional watching it. Like, um, oh, my God, what's her name? Kwan Hong Chan? Like, yeah. just shat all over them. Oh, really? And you see her, like, she does the dive. She looks like the scoreboard. It's 10, right? It's a 10. Doesn't even crack a smile. Wow. Straight. She's focused into the next dive. 10 again no celebration next dive 10 it's just unreal she's unrelentingly good amazing i mean she doesn't even know she's changing the world or not like (laughs) she has no idea the impact she's having some of the celebrations have been great though old mate swim coach who got up there and was just like absolutely (laughs) cut loose was the best 
I love the Australian swimmer who was also like, fuck yeah, oh shit, on national television. That was also very good. And I saw this morning some 17-year-old skateboarder won a gold medal, like some 17-year-old Australian skateboarder won a gold medal. It's like, what? Amazing. Freaking high fives all around. So many teenagers at this Olympics have been doing incredible stuff. Yeah, just humbling everyone else around them so uh, I just I, lo- I love it we all love watching that and I think it's like and also like even just seeing the countries that are winning gold medals for their country for the first time ever mm. and the two the two um high jumpers you know they shared the goal yeah that was cute made me cry I'm <laughs> such a, I'm a mess like I'm an absolute mess that and like and also like you know when you look in you know when they've like they've got the close up on their eyes like just before they're about to do the thing that's going to win them it's like i love that you can look into their eyes and you can see that they're not going like oh my god please god please help me please make me you look into their eyes and you can see that they are going i am going to fucking smoke this <laughs> like they are just it's so cool like i just i love that I'm all about it. Um, that's I'm fucking so rad, mate. That's yeah. uh, that's a great review for the Olympics, and I, I think that they're gonna love the you know 120 people that listen to this podcast. Um, really, yeah. really getting in there, dude. That's really that's really cool. Um, I think uh, we're, we're nearly out of time with you too, man. I better start oh no. looking to wrap it up. I know, fucked, right? Is there any anything you want to leave the people with them? Any final thoughts from you that you wanted to just? Uh, drop out there on the humans before I let you go back and do some juggling and listen to some true crime? Yeah, final thoughts. Oh, it feels so feels so final. Um, <laughs> it feels so intense. I feel like I'm going to say something really profound now. So, um, you don't say anything profound, pal. It can be pretty small. That's fine too. Um, final thoughts. Everyone be good to yourselves. Be good to people around you if you know anyone who is, you know a parent at this time yeah. or a healthcare worker or a teacher, I think, um, you know, drop them a line, say how you're going. Mm. Um, they're doing it. They're doing the hardest work imaginable right now. And um, I don't know, yeah. check in on your buddies. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to think like um, what else, what else, what else? Um, That's really good stuff. Am I, I don't I'm, know, yeah. I think oh, and also listen to – sorry, before I forget. Go. I always forgot. Listen to um, Debutant. I'm like a year late on this podcast, oh. but listen to Debutant on Audible. It is so brilliant. I'm, I'm up to – I think I'm up to number five on that one, but like it's all about um, – Nakia Louie oh. and um, Randa Tapsell, it's their podcast. And it's all about like debutante balls. And it's just, it's so, I don't know. Amazing. I'm really, I'm deep in that one. It's beautiful. It's great. They're great friends. They're hilarious. They're so funny. And they cut through the bullshit like <laughs> no other, no sexy. They cut through the bullshit. And I learn something every time I listen to it. So listen to, I almost forgot. Um, but yeah, Debutant. listen to that. If you've got on the Audible, get on it. Get on it. Um, get in there. Yeah, and you know, get vaccinated. Um, Bloody get vaccinated. Um, I, get vaccinated. 100%. Yeah. Dude, thanks get so much. So get it in you. <laughs> 
get vaccinated and get it in you. The Emma O'Sullivan story. I love it. Hey, mate, thanks so much for joining me today. It was really nice to catch up with you. Really nice to hear your voice and, and speak to you. It was a real dream. Oh, God, pleasure's all mine, PC. Honestly, I wanted to hear more from you. Uh, I wanted to hear more from you. Mate. I'm going to have to call you out later and we'll have to chat some more. Okay. I want to hear more. I all am right? happy to do that. And that sounds like a dream, man. Thank you so much, O'Sullivan. You're the best. You too, PC. Stay well. You Stay too, safe. Mate. Heart of poly for me. Ready? See ya. Bye. Thanks to Emma O'Sullivan for joining us on the show. Such a legend, so great to have her here. And I really hope she nails those juggling tricks this week. Let's do some credits, shall we? Intro music this week was Things Can Only Get Better by Dream off Volume 1, 2005, New State Music. News clips were from ABC, Channel 7, DW World News and MSNBC, all dated from the 6th of August. Other music in this episode came from the Hawaii Five-O theme, Mort Stevens and his orchestra off the TV soundtrack 2010, Les Mis movie, haha, got it back, 2012, Universal, Unravel podcast, ABC Australia, 2018, Austin Powers, 1997, New Line Cinema, and this lovely jam is Modern Jazz Samba by Kevin MacLeod of Groovy 2016. You can check out all of his royalty-free music at incompetech.com. It's really great. Get around it. All of our music is used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license. You can contact us for details or check the website. The Isocast is created, presented, edited, and produced by me, Patrick Cullen, at Gingersnap Productions. You can get in touch with us at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com. If you can, like, rate, and review this podcast, or tell a mate. It really helps us out. We'll be back next week with a new episode, and in the meantime, be kind to each other out there, people. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, wear your mask, and get vaccinated!